afternoon and welcome to Elmira and You, the only podcast of Elmira Baptist Church located in sunny Northern California. Today is March 21st, 2022. It's a Monday. Welcome to today's program. I want to do a couple of things this morning. First of all, we had a great Sunday yesterday. People were out. We had a couple join us as members here at Elmira Baptist Church. If you missed the sermons and or the Sunday school, those are posted now at Sermon Audio and at YouTube. Let me encourage you, if you missed Sunday night's message, to make sure to watch that or listen to it again, Sermon Audio or YouTube, for that. We talked about Christian discipleship again. And specifically looked at how Christian discipleship requires personal discipline. And the question I asked at the end of that message was, what area of personal discipline will you work on this week, led by the Holy Spirit, enabled by God's grace? I'm going to ask that question again at the end of this podcast, so just a heads up. Let me encourage you to introduce another church member to these podcasts. If they listen to podcasts already, I'm not trying to convert every member to a podcast listener, but I know many of you do listen to podcasts, and if you already listen to podcasts, you're listening to this one, but other podcasts in addition, you know how easy it is to get your information while you drive, while you work, while you're at home from a podcast. Perhaps you'll hear another church member mention that they listen to a podcast about this or about sports or about that. Remind them that Elmira Baptist Church does have a podcast and it's a great way to get your information. Today, I do want to deal a little bit with politics. As I mentioned in my preaching yesterday, I believe the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ is the powerful antidote to our nations and our world's basic problems, which is the sinful evil that is in every person's heart. Politics is secondary, but I can use this podcast to give you a little bit of political insight. I came across three articles recently, and I'm not going to read you the entire article, but I do want to warn you. The first article is entitled, America's Ruling Class Wants to Reduce Us to Incompetence. I found this on the DailySignal.com website. It's entitled, America's Ruling Class Wants to Reduce Us to Incompetence. The article mentions that Theodore Dalrymple, who was a British cultural critic and psychiatrist, wrote a classic essay entitled, The Knife Went In. Notice the essay doesn't, the title of the essay doesn't tell us who used the knife to stab someone. Instead, it makes it seem as if the person had no control. The knife just went in. Let me quote from the article. Theodore Dalrymple describes how the ideas of an academic elite seeped into government institutions and created the conditions for the emergence of an underclass in Britain. The chief trait of this underclass is a belief in their inability to govern their own lives, Dalrymple notes. They have imbibed what the therapeutic class tells them and become marionettes of happenstance. 
Curiously, this makes them more likely to commit crime and become permanent wards of the state. End quote. Now, not long after I came across that article, I came across an article that was in one of the San Francisco newspaper websites. This article was entitled, Who Would Qualify for California's Proposed $400 Gas Rebate? The answer may surprise you. Now, if you're not aware, gas prices have shot up in the last month, and we're paying a lot more for gas than we were a month ago. We can argue about the reasons, the economic reasons, political reasons, but in this article, let me read to you what one assembly member said, one of our state assembly members said. She said, quote, Many Californians are feeling severe financial pain at the pump and looking to California leaders for help. We believe a rebate is the best approach to directly put money in people's pockets. End quote. Now, the article goes on to say that this $400 gas rebate would just be sent out to every resident of California, whether you own a car, whether you drive a car, whether you're using, paying gas for your car, whether you have an electric vehicle. In other words, you can't help yourself. The government has to help you. I'm concerned that government is trying to build a permanent underclass where a majority of the citizens are completely dependent upon the state and its largesse, its generosity in order to survive. Here's the third article. This one is from NPR, and it's titled, School Mill Programs to Lose Flexibility Funding if Congress Doesn't Act. It turns out that our government, both at the federal level giving money to the states and at the state level giving money to the schools, that our government feeds millions of children. Now, I remember growing up, we had times of poverty growing up. I remember, remember my dad coming to me. I was only in elementary school and saying, son, we probably qualify for a free lunch program at school, but it's my responsibility to feed you and not the school's. And so each day, my mom would pack me a nutritious lunch and send me to school. You may not have known, but this article tells me something I had heard from others, and that is during the pandemic, when children were not going to school, you remember the school buildings were closed, the children weren't gathering for school, the schools were still feeding the children. Children were still coming by the school, and while they were not seated in large cafeterias to eat, they would still hand out food to parents and to children. And this article points out that if we're not careful, millions of children could go without meals because the schools don't have the funding to feed them. But it's not the school's job to feed children. It's the parent's job feed children, unless, of course, you're trying to build a permanent underclass. I was thinking to myself, where could a person go? Let's imagine you had trouble. Let's imagine that there was some pressure, financial pressure, health pressure, economic pressure. Where could you go for help? Well, as Christians, of course, we go to the Lord, first of all. But he's given us a social safety net, so to speak. He's given us community in which we live. We can go to our friends. We can go to our neighbors. Surely we've helped them. Could they not help us? 
Recently, I had a little bit of repair work to do on my house. And the neighbor who lives on that side of my house saw me doing that repair work and graciously and generously came out. And he actually did more work on the repair than I did. Praise the Lord for good neighbors. Do you know who your neighbors are? Do they know who you are? Would they be willing to help you with a repair job if you needed it? Proverbs 27.10 says this, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not, neither go into thy brother's house in the day of calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. For better is a neighbor that is near. Are we building relationships with our neighbors so that we help them in their time of distress and they are prepared to help us? Who else might we go to? in a time of difficulty. Well, how about the church? Acts chapter 4, verses 34 and 35 tell us this, Neither was there any among them, that is among the church there at Jerusalem, neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the price of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Now, this is not the community coming to the church and demanding to be fed or demanding to be housed or demanding clothing. This is Christians who voluntarily give to, in this case, the church leadership and the church leadership made wise and appropriate distribution of those items to people who needed them. We can go to family. I have a loving mother and father. I've got loving brothers. The Lord did not bless me with any sisters, but... I have two loving brothers, and we've helped each other many times. I've stayed in my parents' home when we were between homes, moving back and forth between the mission field and the United States. It's a blessing. The problem is many Americans have become too dependent on the government. They're looking to the government for solutions. And there are other solutions available to them. Government wants us to be dependent on them. They want us to feel like we're the only ones that can help you. As Christians, let's do what we can to be personally disciplined and avoid as many troubles as we can. Let us be personally reaching out to others, our own family, our own community, here in our church to meet needs so that when our needs arise, others are looking to meet our needs and not expect the government to act in every situation. Now, I asked you at the beginning of this podcast, what is that one thing that led by the Holy Spirit and enabled by God's grace, what is that one area of personal discipline you will work on this week? I hope you have thought about that. I know I have. I prayed about it this morning in my focused prayer time with God. I'm looking forward to God enabling me to be more disciplined in that one area this week. I hope you are too. This has been the Elmira and You podcast for Monday, March 21st, 2022. You can join us on Sundays at 9.45 for Sunday school, 11 o'clock for morning worship, and 5 o'clock for evening worship, except this week we'll be meeting at 1.30 for an afternoon meeting. We also meet at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays at 6111 California Pacific Road, 
near Vacaville, California. Join me tomorrow for another edition of Elmira and You, and consider what area of personal discipline you will work on this week.